Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley, a podcast about making things up and making things happen. This week, the creative person that I am talking to is an old, old friend of mine. We've known each other since probably the late 80s, early 90s. Choreographer Fred Talixson. He's worked with people like J-Lo and Madonna. He's been nominated for two Emmys. He's done a ton of commercials. He skates. He does laser stuff. He's got it all going on. And um, it's going to be really fun to hear what he's up to and, and what it's like to be a, a big-time choreographer. Uh, but first, just a little business. I want to direct you to DennisAnyone.net. There you will see... Some pictures that go with podcasts. All the podcasts are there. You can also donate to my virtual tip jar. Help me cover the expenses that go with doing this podcast. Um, every little bit helps helps out when things come up. I really appreciate it. Um, also, Fred talks about something in this podcast, a souvenir he got from a job, and I took a picture of it when I was at his house. So after you finish listening, if you're curious, you can go to DennisAnyone.net. And under the podcast um, heading of Fred, you will see the picture that we talk about. Um, that's about it. So without any further ado, here is Fred Tallickson. Hey there, I'm here in North Hollywood, not far from my place, with my longtime friend, uh, two-time Emmy-nominated choreographer, Fred Tallickson. Hi, Dennis. I've, I was trying to think of how long I know you. I think it's the late 80s or like 90. 90 I mean, 92. 92? 91? Maybe, because you knew me when I wrote my first article about auditioning for Madonna, right? Yes, I did. Yes. That was 90. Yes. And um, what concert did we go to that year? I don't know. Was it a Madonna concert? or No, no? it was. We didn't watch Sandra it. Bernhardt. We, yeah, Sandra Bernhardt. Yes. But we went to a concert with Scott and Rob Roberts. And yes. Was it Whitney Houston? I don't think so. No. I Let's just say it was. It what, could have been Whitney. She was amazing. It could have been Janet. Remember, we were all into all it, of that stuff. I think it was Janet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. anyway, so exciting. I've known you a very long time. And you've kicked so much ass in the choreography directing world. You do, like, stage shows. You do commercials. You do television shows. And what I wanted to start with is, when I met you, you were performing. You were singing. You were demoing. You had a killer voice. You were you had done, like, Starlight Express and things like that. And how did you decide, okay, I, I love all of these things in entertainment, but I'm, I'm going toward choreography. That seems to be the way to go. Maybe I don't need to be on stage or doing it. How did that transition happen for you? Well, I think it's complete and abject um, failure. No, anyway. <laughs> you know, that sometimes Listen, that's what happens. You go where the yeses are. The, the truth is, you know, I... I always wanted to be a singer. I always wanted a uh, record deal. I was in singing in rock bands when I was growing up in Scranton, Pennsylvania. I still Coast. remember that song of yours, Angel in My Head. I think I have it on a cassette somewhere. You all record it? I, I think yeah. I have it on a mixtape. I just love singing so much. And, right. And, and I'm from this really small town. And in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah, in Scranton, in Pennsylvania. And Is that Joe Biden? No. Yeah, it is Joe Biden. It's Joe Biden. Well, Joe Biden is. She's from Pennsylvania. Right on. Okay. But don't ask me about politics. That's I okay. I no, but he's, is he the one... He always takes the train. He used to take the train before he was vice president. Anyway, yeah, that's good. Good people, sure, whatever. I listen. You notice how I'm, I'm leaning towards the microphone yeah, like for show. Um, so anyway, my and I come from a family that is not show business at right. all, and Same so as me. I just thought this is my ticket out of out of Scranton, and right. I love singing, and I got in, in, involved in performing, and then I started dancing. But when I started dancing, it was like this other level of like wow. This you is, loved it. How much this you is loved just it? so in my soul. Right. So I, you know, I started to do a lot of musicals, and I got to sing and dance. It was cool. It was great. And then I just always thought, you know, I wanted to be a rock star. You know, I wanted right. to be a, a singer, and I love recording. And then, you know, 
after years and years and years of doing shows and auditioning and having some lead roles and, and having to sing sing eight shows a week and then coming to LA and recording demos and meeting, it just the reality of being that and 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 the initial love of the singing are um, for me were two different things. It was too far apart, and it was sort of like you have to be this other person and you have to have fans and you have to get all the girls after you and you know you're like uh, and, and I'm gay. Oh, you can't really talk too much about that. And I was like, well, maybe I could be like. A George Michael recording artist. Right. Don't talk about it. But like right. that's just not me. And it's a and lot of work. It in was addition just, to the actual work. And I loved singing and you know so while I'm trying to pursue all of that, I was dancing and doing gigs and auditioning for commercials and this, that, and other. And I was always assisting the choreographer most of the time and I was the assistant and little by little I started choreographing sort of out of necessity and I guess because it wasn't my focus. And I was helping somebody else. It wasn't tied to your dreams as much. I, I wasn't really afraid to fail. I thought, right. well, I'll just do my best. And It's gravy. Yeah, exactly. It's, and it was fun. And actually, that took off like gangbusters. Right. I was doing national commercials and working with like really big directors without trying. And so I was really frustrated in the singing. And, you know, you're making your own demos and you're trying to get people to listen to them. And nobody wants to listen to them. And, you know... Right. And, and who, why would they? But anyway, so, so I'm working and then, and then I just decided I had a couple of kind of bad experiences and I'm like, you know what? I'm 30. It's, it's so, you know, I'm just going to let that go. I'll sing in the car. I'll sing in the shower, whatever. I'll, I'll focus on the choreography. And man, when I started to really focus on it, then things started, I started to really see the joy that I had in doing that and how without even trying, I was like the perfect background to be a choreographer because I had danced. I had, I was a singer. I skated in Starlight Express. I learned to juggle. I did all this crazy stunts. I tumbled. So when I had to choreograph shows, I knew how to tell everybody what to do. Right. And I knew what was sort of possible. And so it just, like, I think all, like all the people who think, man, I didn't mean to do this, but it just came to me. And, and once I sort of accepted it, and thought, okay, I'm gonna go for it. Things really, things really change. And then I, that was like the first step in trying to really become a good, a good artist, a good choreographer. A lot of times with actors, there's a a, mo- a job that's a big break. That's not a job that you did, and it sort of changed things, or it opened up a bunch of doors. Would you have? Did you have something like that in choreography, or was it just a little job at a time, getting bigger and bigger? Was it more of a gradual thing? Um, you know. It, it was kind of a gradual thing, but I I did choreograph this really big Mountain Dew commercial. You know, is it the kind of Busby Berkeley one that's Busby on your Bur- reel? Yeah, the Busby I, Berkeley it's incredible. Sports. It was this giant Sam Bear director and and Vincent Patterson, who is is an incredible. He used to do Madonna, Madonna Michael Jackson. Right. I mean, he's he an did icon. Bad. He did bad or beat it or he did beat it and bad. Okay, there you go. I, I think he did he did lots and lots. Yeah. He did a lot with Madonna. He right. He did the the um. He's he's did blonde ambition. Blonde ambition. Anyway, and he's a very uh, iconic director and choreographer, and someone I really look up to. He was working on it, and it was 150 rollerbladers, skateboarders, you know, extreme sports people, BMX, and that was not his world. And so it was all me. So he brought you in to 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 focus on those elements. Well, actually, the the production company brought me in, but we got to work together, and and I just remember being on this set like. Holy crap! This is like a. It was like a Busby Berkeley film. It was mind blowing. And I was looking on your reel. How long ago was that? God, 
It was a while, but it looked. It could have been two years ago. I mean, it looks like now. almost almost twenty years, almost twenty years ago. But it looked because you were evoking Busby Berkeley. It felt very timeless, and, and it was why. it was like a huge. It was a Super Bowl halftime spot, and so they spent a gazillion dollars on it. And so the sets alone. I mean, I worked on that for a month, for like you know a one minute commercial, and um, so I think at that moment I thought, okay, th- I could do this. I'm this, on my road. This That's is amazing. this is this is, and 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 I also remember. The um, the girl who was like the lead, yeah, you know, she was the lead girl. Like she was, she was sort of like the old school Marilyn Monroe type, and they put her up on this big flying rig, and she was this sassy Hollywood chick, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you know, there's a million people on the set, all the performers, and we're getting ready to do this thing, and she's going up in the air, and she has this big dress on with spikes, and the rollerblader spinner like this giant teepee, which was sort of my idea. I had done it in a live show, um, and um, and Vincent wasn't on the set that day. And so, in front of everybody, she goes, well, Vincent worked with Madonna and Michael Jackson and la la la. Who have you worked with? And I was like, oh, I didn't have anybody good to say. Cloris <laughs> <laughs> Leachman? No, I don't know. Really, like, you know, I, I didn't have anyone like, how do you top Madonna or, or Michael, Michael Jackson? Jackson and so, years and years and years later, when I was working on Madonna, I was all like, from now on. When the bitch on set goes, who have you worked with? I can say, Madonna, who have you worked with? And you know, like, as superficial as that, as that sounds, it's a big turning point. Right, it's like a nice bookend moment. And they don't know. Like, they don't know. She just say to shut them up. Like, you know. Yeah. What are you going to say after that? So you worked with Madonna um, on the Sorry video and the roller skate. You taught Madonna yes. how to roller skate. I taught her how to roller skate and all the dancers to roller skate. How does that job happen? You get a call. Okay, so this is a good, good, this is a good, good um, question. Because um, it doesn't always happen like this. Okay. But, but basically, um, I, I'm not a skater, skater, skater background. But because I did Starlight Express and I could skate, I choreographed so many extreme sports skating things, especially back in the day. And um, we were going to the roller rink in Glendale, the Moonlight. Of course. My friend Tammy, um, who is a skating teacher, her younger students were getting ready for this competition. And, you know, you go in and you watch them skating to songs like Never Had a Friend Like Me, Dressed Like a Genie, Like a Hero Girl, or like, you know, all these kind of like... Like a dance recital, but for skating. Yeah, and kind of a little bit shticky. Right. But but, so I get there and, and, and I find out her skaters are skating like in four and a half hours. And my eyes are, I have dry eye syndrome. My eyes are bothering me. I go outside with my friend Ryan. I was all like kind of tired and we were just sitting there. um, And he said, he was trying to cheer me up because I just was, my eyes were bugging me. And he said, well, you know, Madonna has a new album out and it's very like dancey, disco-y. I'm like, really? And and he's like, yeah, you know, they just did like a, a show and tell in London with one number and there were two roller skaters. And I said, really? And he said, yeah, you should, if they're skating, you should do it. I call my agent. Tony Selznick at MSA, who represents Jamie King, who was direct, who directs all of her stuff. I said, "Hey, um, Tony, um, I, I see Madonna's got a new album out, and I heard there were some roller skaters. If Jamie King needs roller skaters, let me know because I have all the people, and you know, I choreograph that stuff." The next day, he called me and he said, "Jamie's in um, Hong um, to, um, Tokyo right now with with Madonna, and they are interested. And like, could you you know send some photos of some like sexy boys who rollerblade and like." You know, just send some ideas by tomorrow. And so I picked up the phone. I called a girl who was the same size as Madonna Skater and a couple boys. We went and right on the spot, I brought my video camera and I choreographed this routine to the Sorry song. I, I've got, I got it. 
Um, and, um, and then I came home and I edited it. And, and you, did you know what song it was going to be? Or yeah, you just picked I knew, one? I, I knew. well, I knew it was Sorry, Sorry. Okay. Sorry. I knew sorry. it was Sorry. Okay. Or, or I guess what, what my agent said is they're about to shoot this video for Sorry, but then they're doing a tour. So, right. so I took the Sorry song and, um, I, I edited one minute with like Madonna in the middle and the guy's skating around her and then the skater's doing choreography and she's skating with them. And I made this like montage thing and I emailed it to him. He emailed it to them, and two days later, they called and said, "Get on a plane to come to London." I'm like, wow! And and if Do I you still sh- have that little demo, if I showed you that demo that I made, and then I show you what we did in the video, it's almost all the same stuff. Like they saw it and they said, well, "Let's do that." And then we rehearsed for three weeks and we created a million things, but they ended up using the stuff that I shot. In a tennis court in someone's apartment in Studio City. I love it. Now, you, I interviewed you for The Advocate around this time. Yeah. And you told me that Madonna had never skated before. She had never skated. So she's like, I've never done this before, but let's make a video. I want to learn. Yeah. I love that about her, though. She wants to learn new things. You yes. know, she doesn't rest on the past or her bag of tricks. She's like, I'm going to play the guitar. I'm going to learn to skate. Yeah. I, and I'm glad you love it because it sounds great. And it's true. Like, oh, she wants to try new things. But just imagine, you know... She's afraid to get hurt. Like, she had just had that accident with the horse. and of course. So I'm all like, I'm going to London to work with Madonna. woo And I'm like, I get on the plane. I go over. I'm so excited. And, like, they're driving me to the set on the first day. And they're saying, now, listen, she's afraid to fall. She's afraid she's going to hurt herself. She's going to ask you a lot of questions. Don't say anything you can't back up 100%. And, you know, basically... After you do this first session with her, she's going to decide if she wants to skate in the video or not. And I was like, oh, "That's a lot of pressure." Oh my gosh! And um, and and but ba- but basically, she had never even put skates on as a kid. So I had to like lace them up and put on her knee pads and show her how to stand up. And she could not nothing. And um, I held her hand, which you're not supposed to do in skating because you're supposed to let the, because they'll drag you down when they fall. But she said, "Don't let me fall." And I'm like, "She." She'll I, fall on me if she's falling at all. Like, okay. I, I am not going to let her fall. And, yeah. I, and so I basically was holding her up. I had my arm around her. Because she couldn't... You know, like when that first time you skate... Of and course. That's how, that's how it was. And I'm thinking, I'm going home on the plane tomorrow. Yeah. Well, this is never going to happen. She can't skate. How and then was that first and, day? And then it? I was also thinking, like, I have my arm around Madonna. She's in the leotard holding on to me. Like, we're... Like, skating. It was so sur- surreal. Oh, and by the way, she smelled great. That's she, amazing. She had been in rehearsal all day. She just smelled like she had this rose perfume. She just smelled great. We skated for four hours. And by the end of the four hours, instead of me holding her up, we were holding hands and she was kind of skating. And we sat down and she said, I think I can do this. And I said, you can do it. <laughs> I was like, you have to, you have to do it. Because a part of it is just teaching her the, the physicality of skating, but also giving her the confidence, making her know that, okay, this is your first day, but you can grow from here. It's all of that stuff, right? Yeah. So sort of like she had to decide if I could teach her and if I could hold her up and if she trusted me. And so I basically told her, you can do this. And, we, and you had to also be able to back that up, that you couldn't, you yeah. had to give her confidence, but also know what's realistic, what can we do. Yeah, and you know, also too, I was a, a dancer who didn't skate, and I learned to skate for Starlight Express, and so I had been through that process, and so I didn't try to teach her, like, you know, the Brian Boitano way or whatever. Yeah. I taught her, like, a dancer, how would you learn to skate, and, and I mean, I knew, I knew how to do it, so that helped, and um, we skated every day for, like, three weeks, and by the end, Dennis, no shit, she was, like, 
skating and doing tricks and doing choreography. And she was like really, really good. And she earned it. She earned it. And that's amazing. And the video is fantastic. There's a moment in the video that you appear where she goes under your legs. Yeah, yeah, Right? Yeah. Was that always part of the plan? Okay, well, be- yes. No, it was not. We were shooting in London, and so if we had been here, we would have hired a whole bunch of professional skaters. But we were in London for a month or so, and so they wanted me to teach the dancers she had already hired, which, you know, it was great. So I would work with them for three or four hours in the morning and then work for her alone three or four hours in the afternoon. And some of the skaters could skate, and some were worse than she was and they were not as necessarily focused and gung-ho as she was so they were always kind of like oh I'll get it I'll get it I'll get it you know and and one of the tricks that we were practicing was this thing called a pull-through where I, I I'm facing forward she's behind me I reach between my legs I bend down she grabs my hands and she kind of rolls through my legs and comes up in the front which is a very scary thing for the person going through but, you know, I, I've done it a gazillion times, so she felt very secure with me, and we would do it every day, like, 20 times. And so when it got time for her to now do it with the, the dancer and the tour, who I'm not going to say his name, Norman, and, um, <laughs> and, um, and, and he could kind of do it, and they would rehearse it, and she'd be like, you're not doing it like Fred, and like she's like, bend your knees or open your legs more, and, you know, he was doing it well, but she was used to doing it with me. You're the king of it, so, yeah. So we get on the set. And um, for the shoot, and she comes. No, there's 10 million extras, nine million people skating, and they're going a thousand miles an hour. Like, I'm from London. I'm a street skater, and I want to impress Madonna. And like, they're just going nuts. So she comes out. She's in all white. Yeah, that leotard is just like, like one 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 fall. Black, you know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. And she came out, and she just started shaking. She's on the skates, and I know that feeling. And I went up to her, and I grabbed her, and. And she looked at me, and she was she was like, "Please, do not let me fall today. Don't let me make an ass out of myself." And I said, "You won't. I will not let you." And she hugged me, and like, it was great. Was this the first day cameras were rolling? Yeah, first first camera. Okay, first, first day with cameras, and so, um, or I think she shot all her master stuff, but it was the first time on the skates. Skates on camera. Yeah. So we we do this setup, that setup. We do everything's going good, and then we get to the part with the pull through, and now. He goes to pull her through and like they kind of clip skates and he's a little bobbly and she's like, that's it. I'm not doing it with him. Put Fred in a costume right now. And like they, I was like, what? And before you know it, someone was like pulling my pants down. <laughs> I'm like there in my underwear in front of everyone. Like, okay, put, put these on, you know, like, and they're taking my shirt. I'm like, whoa, you know? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like that one, I'm, that, that one's giving me enough muffin top. Can I change? You know, it was like, yeah. I didn't expect to be in it. And then I was. And there you are. It's an amazing moment. And, they, and then they put it in the video, which is so crazy. When you saw the whole thing cut together, were you like, wow. Yeah. That's, inc- that's an incredible thing that happened. Yeah. It, 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 it was. And the whole experience was so other, on another, you know, plane that um, just seeing the video was like, yeah, that really happened. Okay. Oh, it really is going to, because, you know, sometimes you work on things and then they release it here. They don't release it there. Or they they say, oh, you know, we went a different direction. Yeah. We cut the skating, but it was more skating and like. Everyone remembers the video where Madonna skated. Thank God. Uh, And then when the tour happened, you had, did you have anything to do with the tour? Because I remember there was skating in the tour. Well, so basically at the end of the video, Jimmy King, you know, thanked me and said, listen, would you do a number on tour? I mean, we want to do the skating on tour. And she was going to skate on the tour, but. I guess the insurance was like they didn't want her skating. There's so a lot, yeah. I did a big skating number with the skaters, and then the, she was dancing, and, and but yeah, so I got to, and that was six, like six months, or it was like the longest, 
We rehearsed for three months, and it was amazing. And you were there a lot? Every day. Wow, yeah, amazing. Every, every day. Um, and you also worked on the gold member, Austin Powers' gold member skating scene. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, that amazing sight gag with the legs and stuff. What was that like to work on? Well, I was actually his photo double. I was the gold member photo double. Amazing. It was incredible. Mike Myers, I taught him to skate, too. Wow. He, he I guess he had done some hockey skating right. on ice, so he could kind of skate a little bit, but I... Marguerite Derricks was the choreographer for the whole film, and so we went into audition, and they were looking for, like, a skating choreographer who could also body double. They were looking for Awesome Powers and Gold Member, and so there was, like, a... There wasn't a lot of guys there, but I was, like, I'm getting this job. Right. And so the, the director, Jay Roche, was really nice, and he had, you know, the storyboards from the section, and he was telling everyone what to do, and he put them down, and now I'm a choreographer, you know? So I'm like, mm-hmm. I skate around behind him, and I grab those storyboards when no one was looking. <gasps> and I start looking through them, like, what's in the storyboards? Because like, guys were going out and freestyling and, like, doing jumps and spins and all this crap. And I'm like, mm-hmm, great. Let's see what's in the storyboard. And I saw, and, like, goal members, like, pulling his legs in the splits. Then there's a shot of him in the splits on the floor. So when I went out to do my thing, I did, like, a back handspring. I spun and fell into the splits, like, the, the sideways ones. And they all gagged, and I was like, I got this job. That's amazing. <laughs> so you gave them what they were envisioning, but they didn't know that you had cheated off the... That I had part. snuck behind them. Yeah. <laughs> not the, not the, you probably blew their minds. They, they were like, like, oh my God, he's on our level. And he then I pulled my leg up the way he did, and they were wow. like, oh my God, it's, it's, it's almost like he went behind our backs and looked at the storyboard. <laughs> did you ever cop to it? On the set or no? That's amazing. I feel like we got a scoop. Was Beyonce in that sequence? She was in that sequence. What was... was, was did she skate? Was she... No, no. She, she was like... She did her own separate thing. Okay. So I, I didn't I didn't work with Beyonce, but right. she... I mean, she was there day of. I mean, she was really young at the time. Yeah. And she was great. She yeah. was really, really great. She's a really pro. Nice. Oh. I think... You know, like a lot of times when you work on one of those big kind of dance films with millions of... They rehearse a lot of it separately and right. like no one really sees each other and... I had heard, I had heard, that, I mean, I think they had one rehearsal with her. Yeah. And I, I could be wrong, but I think they rehearsed for a couple hours. She came in two days later in full costume and, like, killed it on set. Yeah, she skated. She skated, right? No, no, no. Oh. She, she was on stage dancing with the okay. girls with the afro. Right on. It's gold, it's gold, it's gold. Love it. Yeah. And uh, what was it like when you saw the finished one of that? Because the sight gags are so funny and... Um, well... I was thrilled, and uh, we got invited to the the, the screening for right. the cast and crew or whatever, which you know a lot of times you don't. So I did, and and but I had seen Jay Roach at a restaurant, um, one of my friends, and he was like, "Hey, oh yeah, oh yeah, man, you made it in the movie." And I was all like, "I made it in the movie. I hope I made it." What are you talking? I didn't say anything, but I thought, yeah. "I hope Shit, I made it I in the movie." Yeah, I did that split so many times, my coochie is still killing me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> My balls, that might be the title of this uh, podcast. My balls still haven't descended. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. so so I'm sorry about that. Any, anyway, so and, but I thought okay, cool. But and so then when I showed up, the other guy that they hired to be the Austin Powers body double, they didn't use any because Mike Myers pretty much he he did all of his own stunts, and because it, it was more like skating and dancing, they didn't use the other guy. I see. Okay. So his stuff didn't... Maybe there's a shot or two, but, like, mine, I was, like, I was featured, so thank God. So it worked out. But, I mean, like, Dennis, here's the crazy thing about that. Um, I had to have my head shaved for a month, because gold members, like, prosthetics. Yeah. 
And and when we first auditioned, they were looking for people the exact size of, of Mike Myers. I'm the exact size of Mike Myers, which is so random. And um and so I was in the makeup trailer with him for weeks, with my head shaved, getting all those prosthetics on that shaves like five or six hours. We're in, and they had us in chairs next to each other so they could compare us while they were. We looked exactly the same when they were done. That was so surreal. Because he did was, you ever take a picture of that? No. Yeah. Oh yeah. They, uh, like I, you would have been killed. Yeah. But, but um. But they um. He was doing like a stay all his new stand up routines and trying out material. So I was sitting here like it's like having the surreal moment of him working on new characters and whatnot. Yeah. And that was another one of those moments like wow how how did I get here and we're here for hours. Yeah. Like for yeah exactly. And then you would do your wacky stunt, and then they would move him in, and the camera would catch it. Yeah, and, and we had rehearsed just like that, where he would do parts, I would do parts, and yeah. How fun! Yeah, and Marguerite was amazing, and it was a really fun time. And all my, I got to pick the skaters and help skate choreograph the yeah. like the skating parts. So I got to hire all my friends. So it was like a big skating reunion. It was cool. Awesome. Yeah. Now you were Emmy nominated for Malcolm in the Middle twice. Now one scene is the, the B. Arthur scene, right, with the little boy. Well, is actually, that right? I didn't get nominated for the B. Arthur scene. Oh, but, okay. But I love that particular. Talk to me about working with B. Arthur and the kid. She's they're in the kitchen and they do like a little tango and he's on the table. It's in, it's adorable. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, Malcolm in the Middle went for seven seasons. Right. And I was lucky to be the choreographer. For the whole time, and how many times would they use you a season? For example, how many times would there two, be maybe dancing? maybe two or three, sometimes per more? Season, yeah. yeah, so I think about seventeen or eighteen episodes altogether. I think, right? But then as the seasons go on, they have they put more time and energy into everything, and so by the time B. Arthur that came on, she was the babysitter for right. De- for Dewey, the little boy. Um, in the script, it basically says, um, you know, they're baking cookies and parents go away and and it just basically says they're baking cookies in the kitchen and the song Fernando plays and and it doesn't say anything else and so well, they brought me in you know you get the script and you're thinking well there's you know nothing here well for me I was like great there's nothing there let me add what I can and so it was I think the fifth or sixth season and I know the executive I know all of them so I went in with my own script um, and I created this whole sequence where like the music starts and she and they're mixing the bowl and she uses a, he uses a drum and then she takes chocolate sauce and gives him like a little mustache and then they tango and then she takes macaroni and cheese and uses them as maracas and then she puts the oven the cookies in the oven and the smoke comes out now it's like the disco ball I mean I created this on paper and they were like okay let's do par- some of this you know and so um, I had this crazy plan and I had it typed up so the first day when I'm going to meet her, I get to the set and they give me the script. And now there's one extra line in the script, which says, um, they're, um, they're baking cookies and they start dancing. And then she takes a heart attack and dies. <laughs> and then so like she's dancing crazy and then cut to the ambulance pulling away. And Mrs. White, you know, and so... I, I look you at killed it. the Arthur, basically. So I'm, I, I'm looking at it and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, she's going to be here in 10 minutes. Like, does she know... Like, because a lot of times when you do a show as a guest star, like, yeah. you could come back a million times. And, yeah. like, so I'm like, did anybody tell her she dies? And they're like, mm, no. I'm like, okay. So I met her for the did first time. Did she die from that? Yeah. She, oh, my God. Um, and you God rest her soul, she's dead now. You killed me, Arthur. Oh, my God. And so and so I did. I, I didn't mean to, but. That she, was not the plan. She went out on a high note. She did. Um, but But she came in, and she was so amazing and so nice. 
she called me poopsie, like, by the end of the first day, and I worked with her for a whole week, and... Did she enjoy the, the movement? Did she like... Because she, she has the musical theater background. Yeah, well, she came in, she read her scene, and she's like, oh, it's ending a little bit different this time. I'm like, well, you leave in an ambulance. I mean, I don't know if you really die or not, you know? I was like, I, would, I didn't know. Um, but then, and then I said, here, this is what I wrote out, what maybe you, you guys are going to do, and we're going to choreograph. And she, and she was like... I'm gonna cry. This is so sweet. I'm like, good. That's what we want. We want to see you. You have this amazing with this little boy, you yeah. know. And 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 so she was like into it. She went for it. And the kid. Yeah, he's. I mean, you know, he's, he's like a kid. He's seven. About he's seven. It. He was like, yeah. you get to stand up on top of the 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 island and get chocolate sauce put on your face. He's like, cool. Could I eat it? Yeah, totally. Good. I love it. So, how long did it take to actually shoot that sequence? Well. And on those shows, you use, they're usually they shoot once a week. It's not with a live audience right. or anything, but you you rehearse for a week, maybe every day, and then you know they shoot over the course of two or three days. Mm -hmm. So we probably shot that whole thing from lunch to end of day, nice. half, half day, perfect. Yeah. Now there's also a scene on your reel of like what are the, those things that they have in arcades where two people are doing Dance Dance Revolution or whatever? Yeah, yeah. It's Brian Cranston, right? Yeah, yeah. So I did, that's the, the episode, that's the first episode that I got nominated for uh, Emmy. Fantastic. And it looks like he's doing everything, but some of the moves are a little like kind of advanced. So is there a double in there? What's going on? Okay, there was, there was a double that was barely used, but um, Brian Cranston, who did some of the silliest, craziest stuff on the show. So my first episode ever was with him with roller skates. I taught him to roller skate too. Wow. For a month. For a month before we... Anyway, so... It's, it's, he seems like a really cool man. Oh, he's so nice and, and, and really kind and really fun to work with and very patient. And I, I, that's why he's doing so great. In his right. Career. It's so nice to see, right? Yeah, just not the talent. It's everything else. But um, we were on the set doing something. I think it was a waltz with Jane, Krakow Jane um, Kismarek and... Um, right. Sorry, Jane Krakowski, you're um, next on my list. And, uh, and, and Brian said, Fred, you know that game, Dance Dance Revolution? Yeah, I'm directing this episode. I think it would be so funny if, like, we do it, but we do, like, silly moves and everything. And so we're off on the side in between takes for something else. And I'm like, yeah, that would be great. Like, you could do this. And he's like, and I could do that. And, and then before you know it, here's this whole episode based on that game. And, and it was his idea initially. It was his he wanted to it do was, it. It was his idea, and he directed it. And, you know, he started it. But um, we created our own game. So um, I had the squares in my, in my dance studio taped out on the floor. And I made up all the choreography that, like based on stepping on these squares. And I put all these silly moves in. And he would come in and we would, have, we would collaborate on it. And then they basically created the machine and then programmed lights to go with... So make, they worked backwards from your... Wow. And so With it was like... Props and sets. It was super creative and there was like a ton of it. Like in my garage here, I had one of those freaking grids for like a month because we were like working on the choreography. I was working on it that long. We would work on it and change it, work on it and change it. And so by the time um, we um, went to actually... Sorry, my home phone's ringing. That's okay. So it's pesky telemarketers. I know. Um, that's We're just flying the wall. They're, re they're relentless. By the time we did it, there was... There was a, another character, kind of a heavy character, who did it, and there was a little boy who did it, and there were body doubles for everybody. Right. And um, but by the, they were so into it, Dennis. What, like they'd be doing one scene and leaving, and they'd be like on the other uh, offset, like boom, boom, stomping their feet, doing. Practicing. They'd be like, they'd be like, quiet on the set, you know, like the yeah. set, like everyone's like stomping all over the place, and they all ended up doing it all themselves. 
Yeah. Oh, well, and you got an Emmy nomination for it. I got nominated for an Emmy. What's your favorite? You, what was the other episode you got nominated for? And didn't win. Um, and I got nominated for another episode of Malcolm in the Middle in the final season where it's like a ballroom dancing nice. episode. What was your favorite memory of the Emmys? Did you go? Yeah, I went both times. Yeah. And um, I didn't stay for the party either time. Yeah. Because choreography, they could go in alphabetical order. Right. So it's like it's a four-hour deal. Yeah. So you you lose, and then you have to wait three hours. And you're probably starving. <laughs> to go to a part. It's just like, you just feel like, the first year, um, I was up against High School Musical. Right. Like, how are you going to beat High School Musical? You know what I mean? Right. But But, but, but anyway, um... I was nervous. I was nervous. The first time I went, I was really nervous because I was afraid if I won, I wouldn't know what to say or, what, or I, would just, I was just nervous. And then, um, and then the second time I won, I wanted to win. You, of course you do. <laughs> the second time I wanted to win. Why not? I, and I had sort of planned out what I was going to say. Yeah. And, and, um, and, but I, I did, I didn't win. So anyway. Now you worked with, um, Selena Gomez on Wizard of Waverly Place. Yes, I worked Wizards. with Wizards. Wizards. Um, Cool girl, cool, cool girl. Yeah, really, really, really. Um, you know, I think everybody knew she was going to be as famous as she is. She right. already, she already was. Right. I mean, she did Barney for God's sake. Yeah. And Disney plucked her off that, or they saw her, and so she, she, she has that amazing star quality. So yeah. I choreographed quite a bit on the later seasons of Malcolm in the Middle. So I, I, I'm, I'm of Wizards of Waverly Place. So I work with her m- many times. And, um, she was already in the recording studio till two o'clock in the morning and then in the morning doing interviews and photo shoots and then coming to the set at 10 a.m. and then having to rehearse and, I mean, these kids are, they're, it's unbelievable what they go through. It's relentless, the schedule, yeah. Then it's, here's the lunch break, you grab a little something to eat and then they're doing bumpers and then they're doing interviews and then Tiger Beats here and they're doing, so she's got a lot going on and she was always still present and really pleasant and she worked really hard and... I mean, I just love her. Good. Yeah. She's adorable. Yeah. Um, you did this cool flash mob on The Price is Right with Drew Carey. Oh my God. Was it a flash mob? Or it, was a flash, yeah, yeah. it was a flash mob. It was okay. a flash mob. Yeah. But I just want to be on the set of The Price is Right. I want to touch the wheel. I want to like, want to, I want to see how things feel and look and. Well, this is what's crazy. I want to play Plinko. I want to put my hand in a thing. I and I did. Golf. I did. And all the, I, I spun the wheel when no one was looking. Like I, I How was, heavy is the wheel? It's, it's, pretty, not, it's not that heavy. Because people on the show act like it's the hardest thing in the world. Well, this is because you have to do like a little up and then yes. use your body weight and pull it down. Right. But, Even that you're choreographing. But Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I got to hang out with this with the models who were all really, really nice. Was there a boy model at the time? A guy model? Not not, not on the snow. I don't think yeah. so. Um, but, oh, look, it's the mailman. The postman. Um, Just kicking it old school and no ho. <laughs> the male person. Let's not get sexist. Anyway, um, so, um, um... So you did all this stuff on The Price is Right. Well, this is what I'm going to tell you about The Price is Right. Um, You think you know what the set's going to look like, because you've seen it so many times. Of course. And yet when you get there, you're like, oh, wow. It really is just one stage. It's just a stage with a curtain, and then a kind of a thing to the right, and a kind of a thing to the left. It's the way that they shoot it. That gives it... Makes it it look gigantic. So it's a lot smaller. So the first thing you think is, it's like, oh, this is it. Oh, It's it's like the first time you go to Hollywood Boulevard, and you see, like, the stars... If you've seen it on TV, you think it's going to be... And then you get a kind of a, okay, this is looks different live or whatever, in person. But then, Dennis, every time you walk backstage, you're like, there's the wheel! There's the thing! There's oh, Plinko! There's, and, then, and then every time you walk in, and then when they put the lights on and the studio audience comes in, you're... you're it's magic. You're there. Yeah. So, um, but the thing that was crazy about that was I choreographed the audience 
Andrew and the girls, whatever, and the spoke the who, what's his name? Drew Carey. No, no, the the, 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 the announcer. Announcer. I don't know. I, I, he was so nice, but anyway. So they line them up at like eight in the morning, and they bring them in in groups, and they're in these long lines outside in the sun. And so I was outside with my assistant, and I would teach like a fi- chunk, fifty foot chunk. Okay, everyone, hey, I'm Fred. You're gonna do this thing. One, two. They're just the general public, like, and they're they were trying. And then I would have to go. Well, because it's one thing to go. Okay, we're gonna see the prices right. Oh wait, I'm in a number. <laughs> you're you're gonna be dancing, and so. And then was everybody like, okay, fine. Or were they like, I, I, you know, this is what's crazy. They were all like, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm in. I'm going to win the money if I do the flash mob, right? So they all tried and, but I had to go 50 feet, then another 50 feet. So surreal. For like seven hours. So by the time we (laughs) shot it, I was like, okay, we're going to take it for the top. I had no voice left. But what, they all did it. What was the occasion in terms of the show? Was it somebody's birthday or why did they do a flash mob? I think it was like um, uh, they started something with Twitter. It was like the Twitter week. Yeah. And so we did tweet, tweet, rock and robin. Right, tweet, okay. Tweet. So it was like a tweet thing. I don't know. And you worked with Drew Carey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Did it, he learned it too. Yeah, he learned it too. And the girls Fun. learned it. And, and they were all really, really nice. And that was one of the funnest things because I've done a lot of flash mobs, right? Um, but it was fun to do it to do it there and to be in the great. be in the Price Is Right world. Um, the Real O'Neills is something you worked on more recently. This yeah, amazing yeah. Uh, sort of gay character is crushing on this guy, and he has this fantasy. But what I love about it is that it tapped into gay kids, the Britney within. It had it was very that style. It didn't shy away from. From the Britney-ness of it and the, the movement, the, the sort of sexual kind of sexy pussycat doll-esque moves. Yeah, you, I was going for Britney Spears. Like that right. was it. He was the Britney Spears. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they, but they owned it. And then all the, everyone in the whole, it was his fantasy. So all those sort of butcher guys, yeah. they were all doing it. It was have, really awesome. Have you seen episodes of the show or? No, I haven't. It's, it's sort of like a, 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 a family comedy where right. it seems like the perfect family, the perfect right. like Catholic, Catholic Christian family. Right. And then it turns out that they're getting a divorce and then the son is gay and then, right. then but, but so it's sort of funny to show how, you know, every family has this stuff. It isn't anything different. So, right. but, but they have these fantasy scenes of the gay boy, of course, the little gay boy would have the, the right. movie musical fantasy scenes. And so it's in that throughout, like he did a thing at the prom where he says, I'd like to go to the prom and I choreographed this whole thing with the prom where he kisses the boy. And, right. and, but anyway, so, um, I had, I had work with the, the director, Todd Holland. I'm not in the middle. Right. And, of course. and, and on many other shows and I just love him. And, um, so, you know, when I got the script, it says, you know, they're having a date at lunch and when their hands touch, all of a sudden they're transformed into this scene where they're dancing together. And so I, um, Todd said, yeah, I want to make something really fun with the boys, like maybe waiters and whatnot. And, and I said, Todd, we should just go total Britney Spears. We should music go full video. Britney. We should go, I'm a slave for you. Yeah. Would it be so great? And he said, well, as long as there's no, like, you know, weird touching. Right. <laughs> or, or, you know, you can't go too far. And so, like, the first episode, they were, like, grinding and doing body yeah. rolls. I had to cut the body rolls. Yeah. But, um, but, um, but he basically said, go for it. And so, I mean, it's only... Uh, four counts of eight, or thirty seconds, right. or twenty seconds, or something. But I love, I love the way that that came out. And they're into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they, they seem like they were into it. They were into it. I mean, I mean, the the Noah who plays um, the 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 guy, the character on the show, right. um, quite outspoken. 
And he's gay. Yeah. And then the boy he danced with from right. Teen Beach movie. Yeah. I can't think of his name. He's so amazing and nice. I don't, I mean, I don't know what his, yeah. what he was looking, but I was like, they're, I don't know, they might have a little pizza or something after this. They have chemistry. They, might, they, 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 they definitely were really, you know, not afraid to get into it, so. so do you do it? Is there something nice I mean, about I, telling I, that story through dance? Like, is there a part of you that remembers being that kid or, do you know what I mean? Or did you bring a little bit of life experience to something on that show in particular? You know, I, I, um... I have dreams sometimes where, like, I'm at, a, like, at the mall in the food court, and then all of a sudden I break into, a, like, some giant number. Right. And, like, everyone's dancing and singing. Like, I have dreams like that all the time, and I did since I was a kid. Right. I mean, I grew up watching Solid Gold. and like, and, and And all those shows, and and um, Dance Fever, and... Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, like, so, like, in my back pocket. I love it. Yeah. Um, you choreographed CeeLo and Gwyneth Paltrow that year that she sang and, and laid on the piano, and there were all these Muppets around. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Well, I, I work with um, Brian Henson at Jim Henson Studios right, of course. quite a lot. I haven't worked with the actual Muppets, but I've worked with the puppets, which is different. Okay. Like, the the puppets could swear and do dirty things. Oh, right <laughs> on. The Muppets don't. Right, right, right. Um, But I've done, TV, I've done motion capture TV animated stuff with them, and so Brian was doing... Puppets, um, Jim Henson puppets. You know, Brian is Jim's son, and he directs. He's amazing, and so he said, "Yeah, I'm doing this thing for the Grammys, and they're going to be backup singers and and puppets." And I know all the puppeteers, right? So it was sort of a good fit, and I had helped him with the show called Puppet Up, which is I know Puppet Up. It's like a puppet improv show. Patrick Bristow. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pa- really irreverent. Yeah, um, Patrick was one of the puppeteers for the for the Grammys. Show. Oh, fun, yeah. awesome, and so. Um, but of course, and so we rehearsed for a week and whatnot before we even saw CeeLo and Gwyneth. And I kept saying, what's Gwyneth doing? Does she need some choreography? Do I need to work with Gwyneth at all? Right. What about CeeLo? And CeeLo was at the piano, so he didn't. So when we finally got to the moment, you know, Gwyneth is like gorgeous in nine inch stiletto. I mean, she's 15 feet tall. Right. So we're at the, the camera blocking and she has to come out this door of a spaceship and walk down all these flights of stairs while she's singing and then walk around the piano in the heels and sing. And so I was, I, I, she was, you know, you know how hard it is to sing and walk on live TV downstairs. Well, especially a ton of stairs. Oh, you know, the stairs. Yeah. So, so anyway, so then I got to work with her, which was so great. And I was like, can we please put some tape on these stairs? There was no tape, white right. tape on the edges. And so I got to work with her, you know, just walk out and do this and walk down. And I got to help her, which was so awesome. And so then she finishes standing by the piano. And, and then, and I didn't ask anybody else, but I said to her, don't you want to get on the piano? Don't you want to stand up on the piano? She's like, can I? I'm like, I'm pretty sure you could do whatever you want. I said, but don't you think it'd be cool? You could come down the stairs, you, then you could sit on the piano, then you could lay on, on the piano, and then you could like stand up like, you know. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then when we ran it, this is the day before the camera blocking, she she stood up on the piano. And, and um, I didn't realize it, but it was an antique, it was... Liberace's antique <laughs> piano, and she was wearing the the F me pumps. Yes, stilettos. She put a hole her heel <laughs> to the top, and and like the whole place had a freaking breakdown because it was no one. You know, you don't just stand someone on something that could break. They, she could have fallen in. I mean, yeah. who knows? And I, and I was like. Oops. Oops, maybe I should have told somebody. And so anyway, they all freaked out, and she didn't throw me under the bus. She didn't say, he told me to do it, right. you know? And, but I was all like, oh, 
shit. And so they, within five seconds, they reinforced it, and then and they kept it in. And, and it's, a, it's spectacular. It's yes. fun to see her like that. And people make fun of her singing. I make fun of her singing. I like it when she sings, though. I enjoy her. She's a, yeah, she's a great voice. In the yeah. meantime, I thought, how is she going to sing? She, I guess she was really, really nervous. And yeah. I, don't, I don't, here's a good moment. I think she is nervous when she sings. I've, I've heard interviews where she talks about it. Yeah, and she didn't, she, I guess she didn't let on that she was nervous. Right. But she was not backstage like, me, 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 me. She was yeah. just with her mic, calm. She went out, sang the crap out of it, ended. But Beyonce was there and they're really good friends. Right. And she had on gigantically high shoes too. And right. I mean, I'm only 5'9". So, here we go. It's live. By the way, that was such an amazing thing. Here comes Lady Gaga. Here comes... They're like three feet away from you, right. performing, performing. Here's our turn. So, we get to go backstage. I'm right in the wings, behind the spaceship, and um, I'm looking at the monitor, and she's... They all go out, and then there's this tall girl standing next to me, and we're watching the monitor, and she's singing, and we're both kind of like cheering for Gwyneth. She's doing good, and I just see like some fringe, and I can... I'm looking at the underside of this person's chin. And like it's it's Beyonce, and I didn't like I didn't even really realize it, but the both of us were like, she's doing so good. Oh yeah, she's doing great. That's awesome. And then you were like the Gwyneth fan club, a two person Gwyneth fan club backstage. It, but it was Beyonce. Isn't I that, love isn't it. Isn't that cool? It's nice to know that she was sort of rooting for her and watching, and and she treated me just like a regular person instead of like, don't talk to me. I love it. That's yeah. really yeah. really cool. Really cool. And you've sort of started pioneering this new stuff with lasers. Talk to me about the talk to me about your work with lasers. <laughs> Can we get a frickin' laser beam? Yeah. You know, you know, Dennis, I, um, I, chore- I choreograph and dr- direct and choreograph l- a lot of li- live shows. Like corporate sponsors and yes. conventions and things like and that. And also, also like Disney and, right. and Universal Studios. And I went to your Phineas and Ferb on tour. Yes. That was really fun. Disney Live. And so I do a lot of those sort of live children's theater or live... Disney. You did a parade for Pixar? Yeah, I directed and choreographed the Pixar play. I heard parade. Buzz Lightyear is a huge pain in the ass. Oh my god, he's. No, he's a huge dick. No, he's, I'm kidding. He's from out of this world, you know? <laughs> well, speaking of Buzz Lightyear, so um, I, I, I do a lot of the corporate, live corporate shows right. where, where it's basically you're showing a new product or you're waking everyone up and they've seen everything. They've seen every special effect, every video effect. And so a lot of my work is. What can we do on the stage with dancers or performers that they haven't seen before? So they could pop out of toasters. They can fly. They could do Cirque du Soleil. Right. They could, they could paint. They could tumble. They could be, and they've seen everything. So I'm always looking for new things that I can, you know, bring to the table that are going to sort of get people excited. Right. And, um, and I, I was directing and choreographing um, a Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. Right. And um, the, as you do, you know, just 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 have every doing it. And the finale of the show, the the main character it was about it was about sharing power. It was it was kind of like this clown keeps stealing the power and then they're giving it back. And it's sort of the theme is shared, you know. And so at the very end, I, we were like looking at ideas of how can we make this finale that would show all the power coming back on. And so we thought, I thought maybe we could do something with lasers. It would be kind of cool and. And so we start experimenting with this effect where you put the laser in the ground and you stand above it with plexiglass and it shoots up around your body. And you, you program it and time it so it looks as though you're manipulating the laser. Like right. you put your hand out and you push it back in or you open it up or you make it circle and you do choreography. And so, um, so we did that for the circus and it was really cool and it was the first time I ever had done that. And I was really inspired and so I bought a laser and I started making up all this choreography and I have this great laser company that I'm pro, uh, that I'm partnered with and I'm um, a YLS uh, entertainment and we start just developing 
lasers. Color How lasers. lasers and dancers can work together. Yeah, bend the lasers, do this, do that. Like, And it's really crazy looking and really effective. And so I got to do X Factor. I choreographed the season finale with a whole bunch of dancers doing laser routine. I got to do um, Jennifer Lopez, a concert she did in the Bronx. I recently just got to choreograph a, a laser number for the J-Lo All I Have show and, at Planet Hollywood. Fantastic. Does she interact with the lasers or is it sort of happening? Because when I think of lasers, I think of Waiting for Tonight. I think of that video when she well, did. Well, she interacted and like, hey, that looks great. Um, <laughs> um, um, basically, at the end of the number, all the lasers go into the middle and she's in the middle and they do Waiting for Tonight. And there's right. lasers in the whole audience. She, was go- she, she originally was going to interact with the laser, but right. her schedule is so... Right. That they decided to let the dancers do it. And yeah, so, she's got a TV show. She's got six TV shows. She's got a lot going on. But my dream is that she does it in an award show or something. That, that would be um, amazing. Well, I was supposed to do... Madonna was supposed to do it on this last Rebel Heart tour. I was supposed yeah. to do this big, crazy laser extravaganza. But they couldn't get the licensing in other countries. Can't so just, when you said you you own a laser that you work with, that you do... You mean one beam or a series of beams that you're able to use as a... Basically, one laser can make... One beam or a cone or all kinds of effects. So you do a lot with one thing. With one, but but you. but we also use lots of other lasers going across the back or multiple platforms, and so it's just fun experimenting with that stuff. And so we are do, they always green lasers? No, there's a green laser, and then there's a, a, what's called a white laser, which is any color, which is like a green laser is like the size of it's like a, a toaster, it's right. so small, and then the colored one is a little bit bigger. But we travel with them. I mean, you can carry it in a suitcase. What's the weirdest, like, I was watching your reel, you, you, you worked on Modern Family when they were trying to recreate the Dirty Dancing lift, right? With Claire and Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Uh, what was that like? She punched me in the mouth and I... <laughs> Did she? So, yeah, so um, basically they were trying to, like, make it seem like they were ice skating on feet in a parking right. lot. And they did this big lift where she jumps up and goes on her shoulder and everything. And, and it's, yeah, it's kind of like the Dirty Dancing lift or whatever. Yeah, it's like the Dirty Dancing but lift. from their skating days. But, and they were so great, and we rehearsed, it was so amazing, and then the day of the shoot, we were, they were camera blocking it, and, you know, the stand-ins aren't going to do the lift, and so she wanted to try it, so I, um, um, he was getting his makeup or whatever, and so she did it with me on camera, and when she went to jump up, she, she elbowed me in the mouth so bad, I, like, I literally was, had a mouthful of blood, and, like, I'm, like, trying not to, like, show anybody, and she's like, oh my god! so sorry and I'm like okay it's probably fine and like <laughs> I'm spitting mouthfuls of blood in the garbage can and like right. oh my gosh and I didn't want to make her feel bad and, right and I was like like you know she, she, she hit me so hard and then I was kind of like well I'm I am kind of glad she hit me and not him because then he would, they would have stopped. Yeah, you would have. You 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 took it. You took it on the chin for Jesse Tyler. But that's kind of a quirky thing. Come on, we have this one moment that we need to do. What are some of the more random calls you've gotten as a choreographer? Oh my gosh! I mean, I mean, that's a good question. Like you did some number. Did some show does a Bollywood number out of nowhere. And oh yeah, you've done that. Oh my gosh, that's not random to me. Yeah. I'm thinking like one time I got called to do in the script. It's like they're doing a medieval. Apple apple harvesting festival dance. Okay. What's that? I don't know. We just made it up. Right. Or I had to do tinkling. You know what tinkling? I don't know what tinkling <laughs> is. It's when they have those bars and you jump. You know, like on the floor, they slap the poles and you, they jump. They dance in between them. Okay. Dennis, I it's know. the national dance of the Philippines. Oh, okay. So you um, had to do that. But I did have to do. A, I did have to do a, a Bollywood number for um, a TV show called Outsourced. Right. I guess it only. I lasts, remember. I don't know if it was one season or two. Right. But um um. I had choreographed some Bollywood stuff for some live shows that I do. 
Um, actually, it was the, the Bellagio New Year's Eve show for um, in Vegas, and um, so I had to do lots of research of like what these Bollywood moves were, and and um, and so I had done a couple big big numbers like fifty dancers, right, three four minutes long type of thing, and so when I got an interview to do this this Bollywood number, um, it was like a fantasy scene where like the actor picks up the phone in the morning or whatever and then he dreams that he's he's a, a big Bollywood star. Right. So it was this giant street parade coming down the street, dancers, like band, musicians, all kinds of stuff. And so um so when I went to the interview, I, I made it past the first group and then I had to meet the producers and so, you know, I'm Ital- I'm Italian, you know. Right. And my dad's Scandinavian, but I'm pretty much Italian. And so um um so I go into the to the producers meeting, which is the director, the executive producer, the network people. It's all these dudes, right? And um, and they're all they're all white dudes, you know. And they're like, "Well, how would you choreograph a Bollywood number? You're not even you're 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 you know you're not Indian." And I was like, "Well, none of you are Indian, and you're producing an Indian show for TV. I think if you could figure it out, I could figure out one little dance." And like, Did you say that? Yes. I love it. And they start, you know, they started, they started, right. they started laughing. But right. but I also said, you know, I, I, I do my homework. Look at the material. Like, I, I, yeah. I, you have to do your research on anything that you choreograph. And so I got to do a couple episodes of that show, and it was that was fun. I love it. Yeah. Now when, I remember when I was dancing and auditioning. I didn't do it a ton, but the, you would be at the studio, and then the choreographer would come in. And you'd be like, oh, it's a choreographer, and are they going to like me, and can I get in with them? And what is your relationship now, being on the other side of that? With dancers, do they are they intimidated by you? Do you try to be friendly but not friends? Like, how do you manage the relationship with dancers? You know, because you're you are not intimidating. You're not when I as a friend, you're right. not somebody that puts on airs or tries to cultivate a mystique or anything like that. Yeah, no. So how does that dynamic work? You know, you know, as a dancer or, or performer. Right. I went through that in New York. And you know in, what it's in, like in New York, especially too. You know, they're not playing around. When you're on a tight schedule too, and you have a plan, and you know you don't have enough time, you you can be thoughtful and focused, and coming in looking like you're mad or looking like ooh, he looked like there's something wrong without even trying. Right. And so, and a lot I, of it's in their mind. Exa- exactly. They just want to. They just want to please you so badly. They want to work. So I all, especially too, because I'm working with actors a lot, and also with you know celebrities. I make it. A real point. I mean, my philosophy really is: if you don't feel comfortable and you don't feel like you look good and that you're invested into um, creating something you feel good about, you're not going to do your best and you're not going to try and you're going to feel bad. So my whole thing is: we're going to have a good time. We're going to work really hard. We're going to be professional. But I'm going to make you look good, and you can trust me. So with actors, especially, my whole thing with them is: don't worry. I'm not going to make you look like an idiot. Or I'm not going to make you look bad. And I'm going to help. My job is to help you. And then with the dancers, I mean, I'm pretty much... The only time I get into a situation like that that I don't know anyone is if it's an audition. And so, you know, a a lot of times there's that crazy energy anyway. So I always just try to be really friendly. And then if they start... You know, if you're really nice and you're really cool and everything's great, then if things get out of hand and they don't listen, then you bring the hammer down and then everyone's like, oh, crap. And he, you know, he can get mad, or you know, yeah. you have you have to be able to shut them down too. So, do you ever have any of those moments like, oh, kids these days? I was talking to somebody that was working on some movie musical, and it was right when texting started. I think it was Hairspray, maybe that was assisting or something like that. And there was like, Boo, you can't stop the beat cut. Everyone on their phones. Like, <laughs> like, uh, do you ever have those kinds of like kids? I, I mean, con- I mean, constantly. The first thing that you say, the first thing I say when we start with a group of people is. Right. 
hey, listen, you know, hey, everyone just look at me when we're talking. I know you could do other things and hear me, but if you're not looking at me, I don't think you're listening. So just look at me. I used to say, listen to me and look at me. Now I say, look at me. I don't care if you listen. Right. Because as long as I think you're listening, I can keep talking. I can keep going with my day. I won't stutter, but but I, I always say, you know, we always say... Just when we're working, put your phones away. Right. It, as soon as we have a break, if it's like a long break, take the phone out of the room. But but please just put the phones away. It's just too much. I love and, it. And, and they still do it anyway. I mean, the girls have them in their bras. I mean, yeah. it, it's like... Their heads are going to explode if they're not fucking yeah. tapped in. Um, there's a clip on one of your reels of Candace Kane. Yes. Um, it's like some variety show. What the hell was that? She's fabulous. It's a fabulous number. Well, I, I, I worked with her uh, on, on her club act a couple times, doing a number here and there or whatever. But then she had this idea. This is way before her recent um, I Am Kate sort of renaissance. I almost said Kate plus eight, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next show. Kate out the gate. But anyway, right. so, um, but be, even before that, she, there was this pilot for her to have her own variety show. And so I choreographed this giant flash. I, I did, I choreographed a little bit throughout the whole episode which is basically a day in her life. Um, and so we did this big, big dance scene at the end, which was really fun, where we like released balloons and there was a bubble machine and people twirling flags and dancers and drummers and skaters. And it was like this big, crazy production number. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Now, what is it like to do motion capture and then have it turn into a cartoon? Because yeah. you've done that before, too. Yeah, I've done quite a bit of that. Um, you know, it's... It's really super fun. I mean, for me... Do you look at what the cart- the image is like? Oh, this this is a kind of heavy character, so he could he couldn't do this move probably, but he could do things like this or whatever. Yeah. I mean I mean the first thing I was gonna say is, you know, we grew up sort of in the same watching the cartoons and the Hannah the the Hannah, cereal. Oh my gosh, and also the the the, the Saturday t- kids shows yeah. and Hannah Barbera and this one and that one and, and and the Muppets and and Sesame Street and when you get to the point as an adult you're working with some of these people or in that Oh my gosh, it's just so amazing. Anyway, motion capture is, you know, the art of taking live dancing or movement and then translating it to animation. And you wear a suit with balls all over it and they hit you with like a type of a a camera. Right. And um, the computer takes that, that sort of information and creates like the live figures. Well, in the beginning, you couldn't... What you're saying, you couldn't really do because they would. They, you're in a field, like a three, uh, a 360 degree field, where all the cameras are shooting a person moving with balls on the suit, and then they would have to take that, and it would take forever of the post production. Well, nowadays, it's like, especially down at um, Henson Studios, it's one to one. So there are actors, and and they are in proportion. If they're like playing a little kid, they'll have a, a ring around their stomach. So that the balls are like have a really big waist, they have giant feet on, and and they are waddling around the way their character would already. Right. And um and they're in this giant studio that has cameras all the way around it, and there are big playback screens everywhere. And so they are standing. If you're looking at them, they're in an empty room. But if you look up at the screen, it's a little kid with a facial expression, hair in a playground with. Scenery. So the virtual, all, all of the, all of the animation, all that stuff is happening yes. in real time. So, so in that in that staged area, which is like the size of a basketball court or yeah. half, half the size, there, there's these actors playing the parts, and then off to the side, there's these video game consoles. They look like video games, like Miss Pac-Man. Right. And th- there's an actor in there with two hands on two joysticks and a microphone, and their hands are creating the facial expressions, and their voice is doing the voice. So they read through the script, and if the girl's, hey, how are you today? 
The girl on the stage is doing the body movements. Her voice is doing the face and the mouth and the eyes, and the computer renders it together one in real time. So you're looking at it on a screen. So it's like rehearsing cartoon characters. That's amazing. And your job is to figure out the movement that goes with all of that stuff yeah. and be in sync with all of those different elements. So they do da- they do all kinds of dance numbers and they do, they do you know they do all kinds of all kinds of stuff that involves right. dance. And and so I'll go and and choreograph and we rehearse. But what's really amazing is I can stand with them in front of them and do the steps with them, and I don't show up on camera because I don't. You're not the suit. I don't. My balls are not on my suit. That's right. You don't have your balls <laughs> on your suit. Um, I want to know what it was like. You you went to New York. Uh, you you you're like I want to do the New York thing for a while. Not that long ago, a couple years ago maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it like? It was. Um, we I trained in New York when I was like nineteen, twenty, and I was there for maybe five or six years auditioning what whatnot. So. I just, you know, you... You you wanted to take a bite of that big apple. You go back and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, just... Yeah. It's so great to be able to afford to have a bagel. Right, exactly. Like, I was so broke and taking class. It's just so great to go back. It's so inspiring. Um, And you're like, wow, it's a lot dirtier than it was. I don't really really remember how hot it was. Yeah, exactly. cold in the subway and... I mean, it's just, you know, the day-to-day, it's a lot of, it's a lot of people. It's a lot, day-to-day is, is an obstacle course. We're so spoiled, we're so spoiled here yeah. in, in LA. But, but anyway, it, it was great, and you know, I, I went, I went back to sort of look into being involved more in theater, yeah. and doing musicals or Broadway, and you know, as much as that was my goal to go, I started writing when I went there, and I was inspired to start um, writing a couple different types of books and wrote, started writing screenplay and so although I did some work like that the whole time I was there I was I was really writing so um so you went for one thing and it ended up being about something else and I was cool. really inspired by different things that had never really clicked in my head and so it set me kind of on a, a like a, a parallel path kind of a creative path and so after about two years though the traveling was just too much back and forth back and forth and you know, as soon as I get to New York, I have to come back to LA for an interview. And as soon as I got back, to, I had to go to New York. Yeah. So I, I give, I'm back in LA full time. You're back so. in LA. Yeah. What did you miss about LA when you were there? The weather. Yeah. The, the the weather or the weather and driving around and and going to the supermarket and going to the store because you have to carry everything in New York. Yeah. So I had like a wagon. You know, you immediately you had a little wagon that you would take to the everybody. Or... Everybody does. Like right. so every, you turn into like a homeless person, no? But you yeah. you have a little wagon, but it's not that big. Right you on. can't get that much in it. You can't get that it's, much. It's not like Target. That you no, to, no. It's like it's it's everything. It, yeah, they gotta got carry you. it up the stairs. And all right, you picked some questions from the observation deck. Oh God, what's your favorite souvenir from a job? Okay, it's in that china cabinet. Which I think okay, we'll take a picture you. of it and post it on the podcast. Um, I created up this hair show for Joyco, okay. which is like the hair models and like and, sure. and then there's you're at a trade show where they're doing everyone's hair in every booth. And the girls, there was a man's dummy head. You know, you practice coloring, cutting yeah. the hair. It looks just like me. So so anyway, so anyway, we get on the plane. The job's over. We're flying back to L.A. and the girls are like, Fred, we're on the plane. She opens up her her, her carry on. Because those girls, they take every product that's not nailed down. Like right. nine years worth of shampoo and whatever. The dancers. The dancers. Yeah. The models. The, the female models. The yeah. hair models. She opens up the carry-on and she takes like Hannibal Lecter or something. She takes off this head. <laughs> we got you this head. And it looks just like me. I have it to this day. I want to see that. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever choreographed a Miss USA or a Miss Universe or a pageant? Because I always think that's an interesting job. You have these beautiful people. Maybe some can move. Maybe some can't. There's a... 
50 of them you've got to figure out. Like, I, talk to me about pageants. Dennis, I, I have not called you up the Miss America pageant, but I did a reality show once called, um, oh, Miss Re... Oh. Whatever. But it was working with the with the pageant girls to try to get them to be less stiff. And I right. did this whole segment on working the catwalk and being loose yeah. and sexy and working it. Reality, Miss, Miss America Rechecked or something it was yeah. called. And I got to go and shoot this thing with all those girls. And um, they were all in their swimsuits posing with their sashes. Right. And there were these three runways. And then I had to make them walk back and forth on the runway and coach them and yell things to them. And it was so fun. Were they... Because you feel like... Okay, I, I'm going to be the choreographer that really remakes this whole thing. I'm going to set this world on fire and change the way it's done. And then after a day, you're like, you know what? Just walk and wait. <laughs> That's how I imagine well, the, it to the, be. The, the, the thing is that I know, with, I, I know to a certain extent what's going on behind like the poses and the yeah. smiles. Those girls are like... Put on the suit, stand in there, everyone get in line, line up, and they're all like trying to vie for position. You know, they're all thinking. Yeah. They're not thinking that smiley look on their face. They like literally, like probably. They want to cut a bitch. Yeah, exactly. And, and why? <laughs> and why wouldn't you? And some of them, you could tell, are like, "I'm going to win this thing," and yeah. some of them are like, "I'm just trying to get the scholarship money. Can we just go to lunch? I'm just. This is exhausting." And like. There's like the story behind the... The story. It's just so awful. They put them all in the same outfit and they're all just standing yeah. there smiling and... It's a lot. You just want to let them... I just was telling you... You want them to have fun. Be yourself. Up. Be yeah. yourself. What kind of a driver are you? I'm really aggressive. Are you? I drive like... I have a Jeep and I drive like crazy. Right. And anytime I'm going to any kind of an interview or a job... Right. Three blocks before I get there, I tell myself, stop throwing people the finger and blowing the horn... One of these people is going to be the director you're going to the interview for. Right. Or like when you're parking, like don't be so aggressive because you're going to lose a job. It's awful. Right. I'm, I, I'm like... What's it about? Everyone drives so bad. <laughs> They're so slow. Like, what, like, like no one has to be anywhere. Like I have to be somewhere, bitch. Move. But then, you know, you realize, you, you know, you're the one driving bad. <laughs> what movie have you seen more than any other movie? Um, Running With Scissors. Really? Yes. That's so interesting. Did and that's anything... Ryan Murphy, did he direct it? Yeah, Augustine Burroughs wrote right, it. Right, of course, the book. He And I love the book, but I love that movie so much. Why? Oh my gosh, it's so hilarious. The music, the period, like that, I'm the same, I grew up through that same That's time. That's the same era. Wasn't yeah. it set kind of where you grew up? In a, isn't it back east it's back. It's back east. Yeah. Maybe it's Connecticut, I don't okay. know. But, but, I mean, I just wish my mother was in that bedding. My mother right. wasn't, but I wish my mother was like, Augustine, wake up. I need you. And he's like six years old and she's in the caftan at 3 a.m. and she wants to read him her poetry. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so good. I, I, that's such a surprising choice. And, heart, and, give, heart, and heartbreaking. And heartbreaking. Yeah, I have to give good. that another look. I yeah. just checked out uh, Augustine's um, new book from the library, most recent book. So I just started reading it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's the funniest way you've ever blown a take? When I was like 19 living in New York, I was um, dancing on the TV show The Guiding Light. And first of all, I have to stop you because it's Guiding Light. There's no the. I know this because I used to watch Guiding Light uh, all the time. Yeah, yeah. Me too. And I remember when Lou Jack died. <gasps> I wore black for a week. And now I turn on the TV, Lou Jack's on some other show. And Meg, and Meg, Meg Ryan was, was, yes. was, was Betsy. Yes. She was on As the World Turns. As a, I feel like. Maybe okay. I could be wrong. Uh, okay. Somebody's going to write a letter, but no. Anyway, so I was dancing so on the you, show. You were on Guiding Light? I was Holy on Guiding shit. Light. And it was um, this fantasy sequence where three of the characters were fantasizing about opening up a bar. Like Cheers type bar. Like you do. There was like 10 million dancers. Right. As waiters and waitresses. And I was the bartender. And this choreographer in New York, Randy Hugo, was choreographing. And, um, and like it was this big, crazy dance routine. And like I was behind the bar dancing and shaking things and jumping off the bar. And, and at the very end... 
I, a part of my choreography, I have to pour three fake glasses of champagne and put it on the bar. Right. And then the three of them and the whole number, they take it and they sip it and then they drop money from the ceiling and like dollar bills or hundred dollar bills, like they fall everywhere. And so we rehearse it and rehearse it and rehearse it and rehearse it and rehearse it. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. I don't know. So then we go to shoot it. Like what the finally a week later, we go to shoot it during the day. And I don't know why, Dennis, but I only put out two glasses. <laughs> I only put out two glasses. I just think I really got into my, like, Debbie Gibson, like, shake your love dance move or something. And, and, um, and, um, and, like, the money comes down and, like, two of them have the glasses and the third one just has their hand. And, like, I was like, oh, my God, I ruined, because they only wanted to they do don't, it once. They don't shoot a lot on soaps. Well, it was going to take, like, four hours to clean yeah. the money up and put it back in the ceiling. And so, and so, but luckily... Uh, somebody walked in front of the camera and ruined the shot, so they had to do it anyways. Otherwise, I would have been in so much trouble. So. Oh, that's hilarious. They knew in the middle, oh, we have to do this again, and so they cleaned up all the money, and we did it again, and you, I, I you put got out three glasses. Three freaking glasses. Do you have any scars or stories, or tattoos with stories? Scars or tattoo stories? Um, I have a scar on my right eyebrow that I got doing a show in Aruba when I was dancing. It was a lookalike show, and I was... Sh- bad shit happens in Aruba. I was doing... Um, an impersonation of Prince. Like you do. Doing, let's go crazy. And right. I spun the guitar around my neck and it hit me in the eye and I was bleeding and I finished the number and had to go get stitch- stitches. The show must go on. That's a really good thing. Yeah. Dearly beloved. Did you have to do the vocal too? No, it was just lip syncing. All right. Yeah. <sighs> it's all I heard. I love it. If you could have put yourself in any like music video from the past or a, a, a film number or just as a dancer like if you could just have been like I wish I had been in that from any era of any time oh my gosh I can't really pick but yeah. I, will, I will tell you this because I would have been in If maybe or Slave for You oh. or Vogue I mean oh. like, there's classics I would maybe I would be in like Mambo from West Side Story or something yeah. but 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 uh, I would be in I don't I can't pick I can't just pick one right. but but I used to choreograph this thing up at Universal Studios at the City Walk where they would play movies on the big screen. Oh, yeah. It was like a movie theater. Right. A um, drive-in movie theater. And so people would sit in that plaza up at right. the City Walk and watch the movies. And so when they would do like... And there's a little stage under the screen, this giant screen. So when they did like movies movies like Grease, I would choreograph... Real during, dancers. During like, during like, you know, yeah. Grease Lightning, dancers would come out and they would be under the screen doing the same choreography or whatever. And so we would rehearse watching... The actual films, not the, you yeah. know, so we would watch it. In Hand Jive in Greece, go back and watch it. Because I, I at that time, I, I said, I have to have a, my own new TV series. Look what the extras are doing now. If you could see, you know how like you have the people dancing? Yeah. They're doing the actual choreography. And then there's people behind them who are just there that day. And they're just dancing and waving their arms and looking like they're dancing. You have to look and see what some of the background people are doing during that whole high school at the gym in Greece there's one guy he is uh, he's either having a complete overdose of something wow or he's the most energetic person in the world like the background people are so brilliant in that I think I would be in hand jive from Greece and you, you, you Greece one Greece one one of the background people just doing your own thing just watching that guy I got to be a Xanadu number in front of the screen once and it was like a dream come true I was uh, in the dancing number where the two things come together I was old school and my friend Benji was in that. Benji was in that same number, and I didn't know him yet. Benji, my dance teacher. Where was this? This would, it was at the Alex Theater. It would have been like eighty or two thousand six, two thousand eight, or something. Wow, it was a dream come true. Forget about. I was like tonight. in my forties, and everyone else was like twenty five. 
I love that number yeah. from Xanadu. The best. It was so fun. I love Olivia Newton-John. Okay, so you finish a cool gig, like the Grammys or whatever, work, 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 it happens, it goes great, it's whatever, what do you do afterwards? Is there like a meal? Is there like a ritual? Do you have a drink? Like, what's the, what's the celebratory moment after a really intense project comes together? It's like, it, it, it's like, like... Well, it, dep- it, de- it depends on what it is. Is it a Calvin Take Me Away? No, Dennis. It's a, it's like the exact thing that they always, you know, the cliche thing. You're home alone watching Golden Girls. <laughs> 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 or Charlie's Angels reruns. Right. And you're like in your underwear having a Diet Coke and potato chips and thinking, I could have the chips tonight. I did good today. That's an amazing thing. One last question. <laughs> How, why do you love it? Why do you love what you do? Um... I think it's because as a kid growing up, my escape was TV shows and dancing and movies and all of that, you know, flash dance and all the stuff that you see on TV of that whole Hollywood thing. That was like... You love the idea that people would just burst into song and dance at any moment. Um, Dennis, I would come home and put on the scene from The Wizard of Oz where the Munchkins would do that whole scene, follow the elevator. Yeah. I would watch that over and over and over and over again. And like just thought it would be so fun to get to work on stuff like that and then like your life sort of turns into that it is and, and you're making it happen yeah it's for other it's, people you just feel like you're a part you get to be a part of it you know it's yeah. cool um how can people learn more about what you do do you have a website or do you tweet or do you any of that stuff um you could i have a website fred awesome fredtollickson.com check it out there's some cool reels you can see a lot of the stuff that he's worked on very well put together reels actually just google me there's just a lot of google. shit out there do you do any social media stuff or anything like that I, i'm not i'm not tweeting and yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna maybe snapchat soon okay i don't know we'll see Last uh, last question. I always say last question. I know. I worked with I know. Benji. Come on, I have to pee. I know. No, I worked with Benji, uh, our, our mutual friend, and he's a, the guy that takes dance class. We did this little dance videos or whatever. But people would come in and we'd ask them, do you have a signature move? If you were a dance move, what would you be? Or is there a move that you love all the time? Or if somebody watched a number and like, oh, that, that move is so Fred. I'm a big fan of um, wrap around the head <laughs> with like a little body roll. I don't know. I don't know what my... I don't know what... And there were certain choreographers, remember back in the day, that were the queens of thrash? Yeah. And you'd go to their class and your neck would hurt for two weeks after? Well, I've had a neck surgery, so right. I'm from that school. I'm like definitely, you know... You're, hair- not, the, you're not the king of thrash. It's the hairography. Like, yes. I definitely... It would definitely be like, you know, the, the head cracks. Head cracks. I love it. This has been really fun, Fred. I'm so proud of everything that you've accomplished, and um, I just forward to seeing more and more and more. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. All right. Yay! Bye! Thanks again to Fred Talixson. If you want to see some clips of his work, there's a whole lot at his website, fredtalixson.com. Lots of cool footage and um, all the things we talked about, a lot of the videos are on there. So check it out. All right, so this happened last night. My friend Jeffrey Schwartz, a former podcast guest, invited me to a screening of Matthew Shepard is a Friend of Mine. Actually, it's called Matt Shepard is a Friend of Mine. It's a documentary, and they were doing a benefit performance for the Orlando victims. Uh, the documentary's been out on the festival circuit for like a year or two, but I'd, I'd never seen it. And it's this great documentary told from the point of view of Matt Shepard's friends. And it's a way of like getting to know Matt so that he's more than just the the um, the tragedy. So it was a really well-made documentary, and I recommend you see it. A lot of um, like streaming sites have it, and 
and uh, video on demand. I think it's out there. I think it's 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 out and you can find it. But I highly recommend it. But on the way in, I ran into this guy that I know a little bit. His name's Matt, and he was on a date with somebody. And I told him what I was going to see, and the date, and I didn't even get the date's name, but the date said that he was from Laramie, that area, and that his father built the fence that Matt Shepard was murdered on. And his father was uh, homophobic, and after the tragedy said something like, well, the fence did its job, or the fence held up. I don't, I don't remember exactly what he said, but like the father was kind of pleased with the fence. Isn't that awful and random and and whatever and then the the guy added that he um he's been estranged from his parents since he came out so anyway the more things change the more they stay the same uh i guess it's um it's an ongoing it's an ongoing quest but i highly recommend the movie if you want to know who matthew shepard really was in the eyes of his friends it's 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 uh poignant and interesting and one thing that I didn't know was that during a trip from boarding school with some friends, they went to Morocco. Uh, Matthew was out on his own one night and was attacked and raped violently, and that it really changed him. This would have been probably in his late teens. Um, I never knew that. Uh, and they said it sort of, sort of changed his personality. He wasn't the same guy after that. So, yeah. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. But check it out if, you, uh, if you're in the mood for that kind of thing. It's very, very well done. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. And happy 4th of July. Mm-hmm.